This is Ibrox. Hello and welcome back to This is Ibrox, your Rangers podcast. You join us in the aftermath of Rangers' first league defeat in 40 games I'm sorry to say but also on the cusp of a massive Champions League game which hopefully um, we can win um, on aggregate win the game and forget about the weekend's game quite fast but before we get into it obviously I'll go through our guest that we have today Patrick has, has rejoined me from last week where we've not had the greatest of starts Patrick mate but how are you doing this week are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Hopefully, I'm not a bad luck charm, but it's only once. If it happens again, I might have to cut my allegiances with this as Ibrox just for the sake of everyone's mental um, sanity. Just accidentally kick you out the WhatsApp group and never invite me and you on at the same time again. I mean, to be fair, it's for the greater good, so fair enough. Um, Dylan, you rejoin us, mate. Obviously, you've got slightly better luck. You were on after a win last week, so maybe you can reverse the fortunes, but without yeah, asking the obvious question... <laughs> without asking yeah, yeah, <laughs> where we're performing right now <laughs> yeah um i mean it's a weird one because the wild who said how are you doing after a defeat but i mean i suppose that the obvious answer is it's not great but in, in general mate how are you doing are you all right yeah i'm good mate couldn't be more happier good good dave first time you've been on the podcast i'm sorry it's this one i'm sorry it's me that's doing it right but dave dave is on new a new podcast alongside loads of other people with this as well dave uh welcome to the show how are you doing are you all right uh, yeah, myself, I'm all right. As you say, not the best topic for the first one, but here we are. Um, yeah. It is what it is. I mean, Smith said you're only ever two defeats away from a crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, here we are. Everyone's saying it's a crisis, but yeah, you know, I'm fine. I'm not worried too much. I think it's a blip and I think we'll be okay. Just for me, it didn't happen. We'll just forget about it. Yeah, if you, yeah. That's if, it. You, if you say it didn't happen, it didn't happen. Simple as that. Um, unfortunately, what it did. Yeah, what did yeah. happen? Um, unfortunately, it did. We'll get into it. Obviously, summarising the game. Yeah. Uh, not many goals in the game, of course, in terms of the, the game itself. There was a few chances for, for Rangers sort of here and there. I think if you look at it, it was two shots on target for each team. Not many, but the possession was wide, uh, widely swung in Rangers' favour with 68% of 32 518 passes to 253 pass accuracy for Rangers, 83 compared to 58% for Dundee. But the most important stat was the goals, and that's Rangers getting beat 1-0 thanks to a 64th-minute goal from Jimmy Robson at left-back, who we did pinpoint a little bit in the preview, me and you, Patrick. Um, the lineup, as I'm, as I'm sure many people will know, but we'll go through it nonetheless because we did touch on it in the preview show. Obviously, John McLaughlin came back in in goal. Uh, Tav at right back, Golton and Elanda at the back. Barisic kept his place. Lundstrom, Davis, um, Camera in the middle. Aribo, Morelos came back into it and Ryan Kent. Um, I'm sure we'll get into each individual's display, but, but Dave, you're the new boy, so I'm going to come to you first. You've had more than 24 hours to sort of consider it, give or take. Um, how, how, how do you assess the game in the cold light of day? Oh, um, aye. No, so you highlighted the stats there. And to be honest, looking at that, that's something I, you know, if you look at those stats and didn't know the score, you would expect that we'd actually won that game. Um, I think there was times last season when we didn't play great and we rode our luck a wee bit. 
And it was almost like one of those games, but this time our luck wasn't there. Um, desire and passion, I think they need to switch on a bit. Um, you know, there's, I don't know, it's just not the same urgency that they showed last year yet. Um, the goal itself, I'm not going to lie, and I'm not one of these that targets a player, but one thing that did vex me a bit, I guess, is um, you saw Tav doing this kind of wee half ass jog, trying to catch the man. If he's going to go for the runner, go for him. If not, fine. Um, the, the other thing that I'd sort of thought about, and I'm not entirely sure how you kind of balance this because you've got to trust the manager, is Morelos starting. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, very recently back from his travels and his holiday. Um, should he have started? I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, he didn't have too much of an impact his first game back. But by the same token, obviously, you need to get those minutes in him so that he's ready for the Malmo game. Yeah, I mean, I suppose to sum it up, I think luck plays a part in it. Um, as I said, these games last season, luck came out on our side. This time it didn't. As I said, if you look purely at the stats, you wouldn't expect us to have lost that game, I wouldn't say. No, um, and I think you know, sometimes when your team gets beat, especially if it's Rangers, you look at a game and you can get trapped in that arena of, of slaughtering people. And that's just yeah. football, isn't it? That's just the way yeah. it works. I think in reality, it was probably a game where we had the the better chances. We played the better football. And sometimes you come out the wrong end of a, a left-back's goal with about 25 minutes so, to go. And, and, and it's in the reaction, which unfortunately me and Patrick and, and Chug spoke about after the Malmo defeat. But it is two different competitions Dundee yep. United have got their fans back. It's a little bit of a different world and it's a different football world, really. But, but Dylan, I'll, I'll come on to you. Um, I assume you have similar feelings on the result itself, but how do you assess the game and, like I say, the cold light day? I mean, you know, when you say, like, the stats, it was... I mean, obviously, it's like we are doing a match that we were on the side, but it just felt like in the final third was just nothing there. Like, I didn't really feel we strained the goalkeeper that much, really. Don't, I think he made one of those saves during the whole game. Um, I think in regards to the team lineup, like, I don't know how you feel about this, but I kind of felt that maybe, obviously, if Kemal Roof didn't have like, his family troubles, then he would have started that game. I don't know what your opinion is on that, because. I just felt it was so. quite, yeah, I just felt so. it was quite weird to see kind of like uh, a rebound. Oh, I was seeing a player there, and I thought he was probably the best player on the day for us, arguably. But yeah, it's just quite weird to see him on the wing, and then you see that midfield with Davis, Kamara, Lundstrom. And I think that's kind of like remnants of like last season. I think do you know what? I think this was sort of reminds me of Livingston last season, and like the reaction towards it. Because in that game by the midfield of Davis, Trapp and Kamara, and just a like no creativity in there. Um, and I think it's quite hard for like a player like Winston because obviously you see him get a lot of flat from fans at the moment. And you know, he's only just out of the door, but again, we could argue that he had a part to play in the goal we conceded, didn't track the runner as did have. Um, but again, that's why we have made some mistakes in that regard. So I don't think it's fair to blame all on one person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just like a few players are just off as well. 
Parasic is not up to speed yet. Again, you know, he's not really played that much football, even during the Euros, so again, he's trying to get his match sharpness back. Again, he, he tried his best, but nothing was happening. Uh, Morelos, I can see why Gerald started him, because you want to get as much minutes into him before Malmo. In Orgbury, the game tomorrow night is going to be bigger than Dundee United the weekend, unfortunately. So then we've got like one eye on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can say sort of stats, but how much we dominated, but watching that on Saturday didn't feel like that at all. I think the uh, the chance Tav at the end where it, where it wasn't even a chance because well it was but it wasn't because the way that he finished it the way that he kind of just totally missed it was in a sense like that sort of summed up the day eighty seventh minute cross comes in last season Tav connects to that and he breaks the back of the net and celebrates in front of no one you're talking about Tav's fifth goal already after two games or whatever it was like the way he was on form last season that game was that. It, it was just the sum of the day, I suppose. But for Patrick, I'm going to change it in another way. And, and maybe I think sometimes I have a different mindset to some Rangers fans in the sense that um, I wouldn't say I'm pessimistic, but I know that occasionally football can bite in the arse. And I think Rangers fans, and, and it's a great way to have, but Rangers fans a lot of the time, is you win every single game because that's the standard. And I love that but maybe because I support Sunderland as well. I'm used to failures. Um, but Patrick, it was always going to happen. You, you can't go unbeaten for five, six seasons in a row. That just doesn't happen at any level of football. So it was always going to happen. It came against Dundee United. Bit of a pain in the balls that it was against them. It was a narrow defeat. It wasn't a whitewash from them. They kind of got a goal. It was unlucky. But, but Patrick, I mean, it was always going to come. Is it better for it to come earlier in the season than it is... I don't know, like say four months down the line when, when there's maybe another team, say Celtic, have a good start of the season and we're both level, then we lose a game four months down the line. Is it better to lose it now and then learn from the mistakes early doors when we're no one's really ahead of us? Well, I think we always had a bit of um, credit in the bank with Celtic failing to put any points on the board in the first game. But this is just, I think, regression to the mean sort of victim of variance sort of stuff in which you can't consistently put up such high level performances um, in and out like we did all last season, barring, um, I guess, the Sosh Cup and the League Cup, which um, we sort of fell victim of variance as well. But um, we dominated the game in, I think, perhaps the lightest sense of domination, but we were definitely the better team of the two. But um, you only need to look back to a few games last year where perhaps we were on the opposite end. I mean, the best example is probably the uh, Hogmanay-Darby game against Celtic, in which it was they were definitely the stronger team, but by no means that they were world's better. But we finished the game with a 1-0 lucky goal, much like Robson got when it hit off. I'm not sure who it was. It might have been Davis or Holando, and then he runs yeah, in... Davis. Hits off Davis and Lundstrom and Tav both don't track him very well. But I think in terms of the timing, there's no tangible consequences from this. If this was to get out, get out of the system now, is probably better than later because it's not a Champions League game in which there's a tangible consequence which we're out of the Champions League. It's not a cup game where we're out of the cup. And it's not a sort of European group stage game in which we only have six of them. We have, what is it, 36 more to play. Uh, mm. Aberdeen and Hibs have full points on the board and Hearts, but it's just them, I think. And although Aberdeen and Hibs and Hearts, maybe Hearts less, so Aberdeen and Hibs do look good. Um, they're never going to be able to sustain a challenge just by the na- nature of their squad and the depth and the financial parity at play. So the fact that Celtic, albeit had an impressive win, um, 
I don't think there's too much to sort of consider. I know there's a lot of people and everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but I think some people are taking this a bit too extreme. And the sort of first time in front of fans is a lot of correlation without causation sort of stuff. I, I would be surprised if a team who won the, the title stopped the 10, perhaps the season with the most pressure in recent maybe last 20 years, you could go even further. I don't buy it that they sort of buckle under the pressure of 5,000 fans at Dundee United, but then are willing to uphold the perhaps millions of Rangers fans worldwide who are demanding that they stop the 10. So I think it's unfortunate, but you would hope that it's just variance and it's not the sort of emergence of a trend, which would be concerning. Just just to add to that as well, did did Celtic not have a cracking start last season until the first old firm derby? I think they were much in yeah, such level as weren't they? So Yeah, I think that's why like before like the whole COVID scandal as well. This had born wise, but yeah. A week is such a long time in football, Dave, isn't it? It's like yeah. I mean it you can last week was the Celtic crisis and, and they uh, people were tipping them to yep. finish third and stuff like that. And I, I don't really buy into that. They will challenge, unfortunately. Um Rangers last Two week two weeks ago, there was people talking about a second unbeaten season. Don't know whether I've totally conspired with that, but you could understand the positivity and the confidence yeah. that came from yeah, it. Definitely. And then all of a sudden, with a you know terrible, and that's it. We're gonna we're gonna die in our asses. Um, that I don't think that's gonna be the case. But I think I'll, I'll come to Patrick with this one because we were discussing it last week. Um, I said the thing I trust about Rangers is that when they get beat, they come back with a win. And I pinpointed the Motherwell game last season. I think it was around Christmas time when we went 1-0 down and Roof, um, Roof scored, it and scored as he did every time he played against Motherwell last season. Um, and we discussed how we responded to that and how we kind of thought if we lost that, would that have gone south? And that responding from the, the Malmo defeat was important that we got something out of the Dundee United game and set out a statement. We didn't, is, is the basic answer. And that's probably the first time that we haven't done that in almost 18 months based on the standards that have been set, Patrick. Um, I think everyone on this podcast, from what I can tell in the first 10 minutes, without judging you all, are all pretty calm, cool and collected still, and we're fine. But um, can you understand that the Rangers fans are a little bit worried after the weekend's results? Yeah, I think I could understand worry. Anything beyond that would be a bit nonsensical. But I think the fact that there's a game on Tuesday and a bigger fish to fry in terms that there's obviously league aspirations and that's always the number one, but there's the sort of um, bright lights of the Champions League and the fact that it is on a Tuesday just three days after does allow us to sort of move our horizons beyond if it was a week per se. I mean, our next league game, I think, is on the 20th or beyond that because we've got Dunfermline this weekend. But if we didn't have a Tuesday game, it would give us six days of sort of thinking in our own heads, sort of going maniacal crazy. And then we play a cup game, uh, you'd expect to go through and then it would just be back to the league sort of stuff. But the idea that we have the Champions League or um, to look to as sort of a, not a side task, but probably the main task at this point does help in terms of the sort of sanity for most fans because it allows for us to uh, give us midweek things to look and ponder about as opposed to sort of uh, picking hairs at their feet and spending five days microanalyzing one goal or something like that. I think it's like as well, it, we kind of don't have time to wallow in it. And, and that's simply put, it's sometimes the best thing I think as a manager, as Gerard, the, the one thing you want is probably a sold out Ibrox, which we now know is it's full capacity. Um, and again, literally 72 hours later, give or take. Um, Dave, 
why why do you think that Rangers didn't respond to Malmo though? We've talked about how Rangers do respond when they've got beat in the past 18 months and yet they haven't this time is the truth. What why was that? Um I think there's probably an element of match sharpness in there, to be honest. Um, as we've touched on already, you know, there was a lot of folk away at the Euros, you had Alfie away on holiday for an extended period. And all of these guys, yep. A lot of these guys haven't had that many minutes in them yet to get going again. Um, now, I know that sounds stupid. We should have more than enough to beat Dundee United. But again, it's, you know, Patrick said, is the variance rather than the mean. It's, you know, these things happen. Um, what I would say is if we put in a good performance and beat Malmo Tuesday night, I don't think anyone's going to be talking about a deflection led to a Dundee United goal. Um, so, yeah, I, it's hard to pinpoint, but I would say match sharpness is definitely up there. I think it, it, it seems quite evident in, in Bonner for me. Because um, yeah. technically he hasn't actually played by going away with Croatia. I think he got like 20 minutes or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if anyone remembers the Euros, now we've got full capacity, crowds and that and things like that. It felt like the Euros was great at the time, but there was... Not many fans in. They were stuck in hotels or like shot around everywhere. So nobody yeah. had a COVID outbreak and, and destroyed the Euros. He won't have exactly had time to rest. And he played almost every game last season, got quite far in, in every competition and obviously the league. Um, he was injured pre- as well, wasn't he? Y- yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, there's been a few weeks in, like circumstances with Barisic where you can kind of make sense of it. And, and I suppose that um, brings me into the, the question I wanted to ask you, Dylan. There was a lot made about... Um, Morellis's introduction to the team was at the right time. I think hindsight is probably not, um, but hindsight is such a wonderful thing, especially in football. Barisic, potentially, Bassi's had a really good, a really, really good um, preseason, really good game against Livingston. I thought he's one of the standout players. Was it the lineup that you would have went for against Dundee United with hindsight? Because you can't, I suppose, if we'd won, yes, it's the right lineup, but at the same time, what is it what you would have went for? Um, I think, as I said, I thought by the midfield on Saturday was just no great activity. So I think, like personally, I would have like thought Lundstrom maybe and put a rebo in the middle of the park, and then give Scott Wright the start on a wing. Cause I felt like he's impressed, but then again, um, I don't know if this is a case I would want to give him like too much, too much football too early on in the season, um. Again, I think Morel was going to see why he put them on Saturday. I think it's no, I mean, it's no question that he's a better striker than in. You know, I mean, I, I do like in, but I just felt like Morel brings much, much more to the team. I think maybe Gerald was banking on that, maybe. Um, also, they banned it away that even with the few shots that Alfie had, didn't really strike the goalkeeper. Um, so I like his decision making wasn't really up to speed. Um but I mean apart from me, the change has suggested that I would have started like everyone else. So um yeah. Did you find the fact that like um Scott Wright didn't play quite surprising? Because I thought he kind of earned a start, to be honest. I know he's yeah. not 
particularly someone that you're going to put in every single week based on the talent that we have. But he's came in and he's, he's always done well and he seems to have like put a bit of weight on, stepped up. He obviously got a great goal against Livingston. Um, mm-hmm. I'm quite surprised that he didn't get the nod ahead of maybe, as you said, dropping maybe a rebo further back and putting Scott Wright um, on the right. Yeah, I was really surprised because um, ever since he came to the team, he's not really let us down that much. I mean, even last week against Malmo, he would argue that he was probably like one of our better players mm-hmm. in the pit. Um, I think with Scott Wright, he's probably done like the best thing he could possibly do for Rangers fans, which is make a good first impression. Because you've seen him like last season, like he came out of nowhere when we signed him, and then we sort of came to him, then we were quite surprised with how he played. And then if you like contrast that with someone like Winstrom, um, he's not really made a good first impression, and you can see like fans go. Fans going from big drop already, despite him uh, only making what two appearances this season. So um, yeah, I mean, again, you know, Aribo did do well on the wing. I thought he again, I say he was best player on the park. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know, like, if it was just worse for Jared as they like drop him back in midfield, just so we had within our source of creativity, and then Spurs got right in because. The thing's got race that he'll give you like 100 percent during a match all the day. And about like Brian Kent, but he'll just keep going. So yeah, I was quite surprised that right at the start. It was a the midfield is a funny one because for me, Lundstrom, Davis, um Kamara's very they're all very good players, in my opinion. Lundstrom's not covered himself in glory, but I've seen enough of him to know that he's not a bad player necessarily. Mm. It might not work out for him at Rangers, but he's obviously He's had a decent career, a decent level with Sheffield United. Obviously, we all love Glenn and Stephen Davis as well. He's pretty much a legend, isn't he? Mm. So it's not like it's a bad midfield, but it did lack yeah. that spark that maybe the likes of like a Rebo would have given you or maybe even putting a Hadji or an Arfield in there. And you look through Dundee United's midfield and you think, is there anything there that necessarily you think, do we need something that's a bit more defensive, someone who's going to keep the ball more? It seemed a bit of a strange decision. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned before about good impressions and Scott Wright had a good first impression. Parag, I want to come to you with this one because, again, we spoke about this last week, so it's kind of a continuation. We spoke about Lundstrom. Um, I was fuming, if I'm honest with you, with his like tracking back for the goal. I know some people pointed out Tav, but for me, it was Lundstrom straight away, and it was just basics. Um would you take him, not necessarily in the Malmo game, because I think he'll drop out anyway, to be completely honest, but would you take him out for maybe the Dunfermline game or the Ross County game to come? Because if he continues having two or three bad games, he's starting to set a little bit of a precedent and it becomes a difficult place to get out of because like it or lump it, Rangers, Glasgow's a city as a whole when it comes to football can be a little bit of a bubble because we love it that much and there's nothing wrong with it but it can be a little bit destructive sometimes to a player's confidence if they have three or four bad games. So is it maybe time, this early, even at this early stage, to take Lundstrom out and just say, hey, kid, get your head down, you know, sort of learn the city, learn what the club's about a bit more, come back in in a non-pressure game when we've won a few, play your game and start getting the fans, start showing the fans what you're actually made of rather than what you've shown in the first two or three games? I think... In with uh, looked at Unfermline as a twofold approach in which you can look at it as like a launching pad in which he could or you'd expect him to put in a good performance, um, not to disrespect Unfermline, but if 
they're in the championship and they're not one of the sort of teams who are going to challenge the top per se. They'll probably be mid-table, upper mid-table. But So there's the idea in which let him go against sort of easy opposition, uh, use as a launching pad for him to perhaps get a good performance. But then you do have on the other side, if he does poorly, people are going to be slating him in which if you can't perform against Dunfermline, you have no chance to perform against anyone in the SPL or anyone in Europe. So it's a sort of interesting sort of conundrum per se. But I think I would probably play Lundstrom maybe against Dunfermline just because it would be a complete catastrophe if he were to lose, but the margins are so so small in which um, the universe in which Rangers lose that game. And if you were to put him with perhaps Stephen Kelly as well, there'd be sort of an outpour of optimism if Stephen Kelly does well, that any sort of poor performance from Lundstrom or perhaps mediocre would be masqueraded by the idea that there's this young kid coming to the Rangers Academy who's just played well. So I think it's a sort of, it's a risk-reward sort of situation, but if you don't play against him against Dunfermline, Ross County will be perhaps a bigger game than it should be, considering that we didn't fail to get any points against Dundee United. So I think Ross County might be the most low-key affair you could throw him into. And I probably would err on the side of caution and play him just because if you're not going to play him, then you're not going to play against Olympiacos or Ludo Goretz if we, pros- if we progress. You might play him if we drop into the Europa League and play Kairat or Alash Gert. But I think this is probably the best sort of situation in which you can offer him a launching pad. Difficult one as well, isn't it? Because I suppose you, you could also have a section that would say if he plays well against Dunfermline, it becomes well, it's Dunfermline. Um, and that that's just football, that's the way it is. I'm not saying it's a bad or, or a good thing. Football is full of opinions, and that's why we we get to do podcasts and write about things and why there's jobs in sports media and all that kind of stuff. That that's just football and opinions do fly about. But um Lundstrom's a funny one because Sheffield United are a huge club, but Rangers are a different beast. And he, he's came from, with all due respect to Sheffield United, a, a club that's definitely on a downward turn because they were losing a lot last season. The fans were on his back because of his contract situation. He's not come into the club with a winning mentality the way the rest of the players may, may have done and the way the players are here. Um, it could quite easily affect him if he has two or three more bad games, specifically if he played tomorrow night specifically if you played bad against Unfermline and definitely if Ross County, I mean, I'm talking total disaster here. Jesus, I'm talking myself into a right hole. Um, but like, I know kind of where I'm coming from with it. I, for me, I, w- I would maybe take him out for the next two or three, Dunfermline included. But it's an interesting topic because everyone's going to have different opinions already. Me and Patrick have different opinions on that. Dave, where, where do you stand on Lundstrom at the minute? Um, so for me, I don't think it's the opposition that's the issue, to be honest, mate. Um I think it's the midfielders that he's playing with. And -hmm. again, back to kind of what you said, it's not that any of them are bad. It's just none of them are really the sort of pushing forward attacking type. So you've almost got kind of three midfielders that are almost the same now. Yeah, you know, he's made a few errors. That's to be expected. But if he was, you know, him and Davis with someone like Severe Rebo pushing forward, you may find that more comfortable. And that may improve his performances. I know it was a friendly, but he did well against Madrid when he played. Mm-hmm. And Brighton when um, he came on, to be fair. Yep, yep. So it's not... A part of me just wonders, actually, if it's the players he's playing with, as in the type of player. If You know, if you put three kind of sturdy, if you will, Ryan Jack types, and all right, I know that's a bit broad description, but... You need someone that's going to push forward. I think it was Dylan that said it before. Someone that's 
is going to have that bit of creativity, likes of your Rebo. Um, and I just think, you know, it's very easy to pick him up. The other thing is he's playing alongside Tav. Now, Tav's forward quite a lot. Um, I'm guessing, and I haven't watched much of Sheffield United, but I'm going to guess that their right back probably doesn't spend as much time up the wing as what our right back does. Different formation in a way with Sheffield United. Yeah. Isn't it? They play three yeah. back and they've got the two centre halves that run forward, then they've got the two wing backs. So I suppose he's got like two so right backs by him, really, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, he's expected to cover a lot more here. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that was quite a feature of Jack before his injury, was he would drop back to cover whilst Tav went forward. So, yeah, I think time, but I think more importantly, the actual players that are around him are going to make a difference. With Lundstrom, I think I would probably agree with you on that, actually. That's a really valid, valid point. Um, it's sometimes easy to look in. A team's a team, isn't it? And I think Rangers yeah. have been a feature of that. We have got standouts, and you look at your Tavs and your Barrises last season, and your Ryan Kent and Morella's second half of the season. Yeah. But on a whole, Rangers are a good, cohesive team that work together as 11 men from the back to the yeah. front. Um, and I suppose maybe I'm at risk of pinpointing one man. That, that's the football fan in me, I guess. But um, but it's an interesting topic of debate, I suppose. But but moving away from it ever so slightly, um, I want to go into the positives, if there is any, <laughs> from from uh, the weekend from Saturday. Um, you touched on Aribo before, Dylan. I, I agree with you. I think Aribo was the best player. I think you remained positive throughout. But was there any other positives that you think were, were within that team? Was there any players that were there that you thought, you know what, you actually performed to your level it was the other seven or eight that didn't. Yeah, that's quite a hard one. I think was uh, <laughs> it is, isn't it? I, I think, think uh, no. I think this was like a. I don't think it's like defeat, but like performance that went alongside it that makes it difficult. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really think. I think Davinier was by a way our most attacking player, maybe along with Rebo. Just felt like he was always there. Um, well, we like spearheaded that news. Um, we also had that free kick in the first half. Um, mm-hmm. That went over the bar. So you got a boy argue like he has boy the best chance he's in the game. Um, I didn't really feel maybe wrong, but Helando didn't really put a foot wrong for me during that game. Um, Goldson, I think. Um, I don't know. I think I think he's having a battery performance right now. I'm not sure. Not, not to say that I thought he was bad on Saturday, but I didn't really think he was extraordinary on Saturday as well. So only quite commanding, isn't he? He wasn't his normal commanding yeah. self. Yeah. But I felt like it didn't like depressed, like I just thought like he was a bit shaky. Can we just United as well? Because Malmo, he was a bit shaky with them the first push forward. Um yeah, I'd probably say that Helander didn't put a foot wrong. In the entire game, and it's a shame because it's like the first uh, game that Hollanders lost, and once oh, he starts for Rangers in a week, so That's right. it's, it's a wee yeah. shame for him. Um, Forgot about that. Uh, I feel sad now. <laughs> There's a pretty wee guy with a Twitter account about that, wasn't there? He's floating about for the last yeah. year. Has Hollander lost a league game yet? Unfortunately, yes, now it's it, going to be. Yeah, yeah I've seen a tweet yeah. where it's like, has Hollander lost a league game? It's like, yes. <laughs> well done, Phil. Yeah. You've ruined a Twitter page now. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, 
yeah, in terms of first, probably the most probably the only ones I saw for probably good um, compared to the rest. I think, in a sense, the best way to describe it, just to kind of cover off the game on Sunday before we move on to what obviously is massive tomorrow, um, the performance on Saturday wasn't the worst performance in the world. It yeah. was just the standard ranges of set is here and the standard ranges as a whole played was about here. And I think hmm. that's kind of the best way to sum it up. I hope it is. I hope you all agree with me because if it is, then that yeah. makes me look fantastic. So thank you very much. Um, moving on and away from it, you cannot change control your controllables. We lost. That's it. It is what it is. We lost against Malmo. It is what it is. You can change things moving forward. And last season would have been trying to change things with no fans in an empty, eerie stadium with no one in the ground. You can hear the, the manager shouting, this time you're coming back into a full Ibrox. And we mean a full Ibrox. Um, yeah. everyone in the ground, you've totally got a chance to turn this around, not just a small chance, a big, big chance. Um, Ranger could go into this two or three nil down and still have a chance when you've got a full eyebrox. We've seen it happen before, you know what I mean? Uh, Braga a few years ago, two nil down, what 25 minutes ago or something. Um, so these things can change. So it's the best possible way for you to bounce back. I'd be worried if at this point we didn't bounce back based on that happening. Um, first and foremost, Dave, do you have a ticket and how much are you looking forward to it and do you think we can do it? Three questions in one. I hate doing that, but I've done it anyway. That's all right. Uh, so, no, I don't have a ticket. Um, mm. Yes, I think we can do it. Um, I think, as you say, full Ibrox is going to be significant. Um, hopefully the players feed off of that and you'll hate to remind me the third one again, sorry. Third one was... I completely forgot. Just make it up. Hey. Hey. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think I think we're in a good place. Like you say, um, full eyebrows is going to make a difference. Unfortunately, the away goal doesn't make any difference anymore. Um, that would have been nice. But yeah, I think we'll still have enough in the tank. I think me, me and you talked about that during the week, Patrick, in a way. I'm, I've kind of got a different mindset on that away goal rule. I think that's going to benefit us, Patrick. Are you still in agreement on that? Um, I think just by the nature of the ties bounce, yes, because it doesn't allow Malmo to sort of from the offset play for the first goal and then sit in. Because if they were to score, then it would mean that Rangers have to score three unanswered. But I, I think with the removal of the away goals, it always worked sort of both ways. You'll have 50% people saying in this instance, the away goal would be nice because it means we could score one and then sit in, or now it doesn't allow them to score one and sit in, but you would obviously back the home team to get the one and sit in. But I think it's much of a muchness and it really shouldn't, sort of play any bearing in this tie and I don't think it can be used as an excuse or if they had away goals or whatever without because obviously we know Rangers are going to Rangers fans are going to get right behind them but hey look at the end of the day this is not all on Rangers fans to turn the tie around yeah we can help um, but it's about the players that are on the pitch and what they can do um, I want to throw this back to you Dave and I want to throw it around to, to all of you from a team perspective and on the pitch the coaching staff the management what needs to change from the past seven to ten days for us to, to win tomorrow and then get back on track and then beat Dunfermline, get back on track in the league or, or respond to what should we say? Because we're not exactly off track, but you, you get where I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think energy and penetration are the two key things. Um, again, we talked about the stats earlier from the Dundee game, but some of it almost felt lethargic. It didn't have that same urgency that we saw through games last season. 
Um, penetration's an obvious one. Eden's done well in pre-season, admittedly. Um, but again, going back to the Dundee United game, you know, it, we could have probably played another 90 minutes and we didn't look like scoring, to be fair. So, you know, we, we need to see both of those. That carries on to Dunfermline, beat them by a couple. And I think Gerard said it in his, conf- in his press conference today, you know, that's an instant mood changer. Um, good performance against Malmo, seeing off Dunfermline. And I think, you know, most fans will be okay with that until we get back to league business. The crisis is then over, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, until we lose another two. <laughs> the crisis is averted for another week. Um, yeah. Same question to you, Dylan. Obviously, I'm, I'm quite confident. Um, I said before, it's not just about the fans getting the, the team over the line, but... Thankfully, we have a pretty decent team on the pitch as well, alongside the fans, so it should marry up. But um, what what would you like to see change from the Rangers' perspective of the past seven to ten days and the kind of lacklustre performances to make sure that we do just kind of get rid of any negativity that might start to creep in if, if we don't win, basically? I think that's why you're playing at a higher intensity. I mean, obviously, I mean, you compare it a couple of seasons ago, so I think... Um, in the last few season, we always started our season like in late June, early July. So by the time we started the week campaign, we had a few games on our belt. So obviously we were lacking match sharpness, but it'd be good just to see like this high intensity, this getting to their faces. Um on Saturday we took the took too many touches. Didn't really think we were that decisive in the final third. I think we were just a bit hesitant, if anything. So I think if you just like take more chances, that's why you settle them. Um, even like this from distance as well. That way where I don't think McMahon will shut us up too much. Um so like if you if you continue just like going to the byline to cross it in, then they think to ourselves, that's all we need to do. And that's a shutting down, whereas if we just mix it up, uh, I think we can like put them like on the back foot, make them like think too much, then hopefully that would lead to a scoring. Um, and again, this hope we get like some big performances from players because I think um, I think with players like Barsis, this week uh, if he's able to do a good performance, then then I think he will gain some confidence from that. So hopefully that'll go into the Dunfermline game and Ross Hamilton game. Um, I think he sees some big name, big game players like Kent and Hadji, for example. I think they would have an effect on the game. Um, as well as Morelos, so yeah, just um, basically just weave it all on the pitch and that's why give it a good go. That's what I'm really asking for this team tomorrow night. No regrets with it. I think um, you touched on Hadji there before. We probably um, I've not even touched on it. I've glossed over it. I think the rumours are, or from what's been said, he's he's going to be fit. Um, I think Hadji's so important. I think sometimes it gets forgotten about. I mean, last season. There was a point when I thought he hasn't played that much compared to what I thought he was. And then I checked his stats and he had 13 assists. And I'm thinking, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know nothing about football. Yeah, like I should not be hosting a podcast at that point. I was thinking, <laughs> um, lo and behold. Um, but I think Hadji coming back is really important. In terms of, you talk about penetration, having a bit of a go. I think we've touched on already about wanting that person to sort of break the lines. So your middle three tomorrow, who, who's your middle three going into the game tomorrow? Uh, that's a tough one, actually. Um, I feel like you would definitely have Davies in the middle, Davies yeah. in the middle, but 
Um, I would have Kamara because I think he's there's probably a good depth mobility at this uh, at this stage of football. Um, again, I think I would flop Lundstrom. Um, I just put a repo in the middle of the park, either a repo or Arfield, because I just think Lundstrom uh, has had another bad game. Then I think it'll be quite hard to win back the fans after that, or <laughs> unless. Um, Either not. so unless you either drop like him or Kamara and then you put like someone like Arfield or uh, Kamara in the middle of the park, I think that'll just give a bit more creative creativity. Is, is Kamara not still banned? Oh yeah. Unreal. Ban forgetting yeah. Wesley, Wesley Bues, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's Something it. like that. That's it. Uh, that's my bad. <laughs> so uh, yeah, for Tomorrow night would maybe, but you know what? I would have to maybe play once from maybe knowing that just like have him kind of like has more of a holding midfielder and then just have like a repo uh, or Marfield and just this will like once again maybe concentrate more on what he's good at. I feel but, like it's uh, a game for Arfield. I feel like it's a game for Scotty. Yeah, I don't know why. He just he's that kind of player, isn't he? Yeah, thank you. Give you a call. That's kind of what we need for tomorrow night. Yeah. Patrick, what, what about yourself? Um, I think, in essence, we've all said the same. Like, we just want to see a little bit more urgency. There is being patient and trying to break teams down. There's also boring and making it easy. And I think that's probably what Rangers have done recently. So, without stating the obvious, and asking you just to repeat what we've all just said, and believe me, the toughest job so far, Patrick. What what ideally would you like to see change? You've got a you've got a better way with word than us three, I think. Yeah. I mean, no doubt the sort of three-five-two we saw last time um, in the first leg will sort of amalgamate into a five-three-two, and their wing backs will turn into proper fullbacks, and they'll have two, two, a bank of five and a bank of three, maybe even a four, and have Cholak up top by himself because he can handle himself physically. But I think if we sort of stretch it, play high and wide. Obviously, that insinuates that we need good deliveries in, and I assume, given that Morello starts in the weekend, we'll see him, and he has a way in which he can influence aerial affairs. He's probably our best bait to sort of um, score from headers, which they are sort of fragile from set-piece deliveries and open play uh, crosses. But I think if we just set up high and wide stretch it, that gives more space in between outside the box. It forces their midfielders to sort of track and it sort of clogs the penalty box in a way in which it doesn't mean that we can't find avenues in there, but it allows us lots of shooting opportunities from just outside the box. And in terms of the midfield three, I think barring any sort of crazy food poison injury thing, Davis will be at the bottom of it and he'll sort of be the anchor. And I would tend to agree with you that our field Though he doesn't have a bulletproof resume at Rangers, he has a way with the fans and he, barring any sort of disaster were to happen, he would be in a far better place to sort of ride that wave of criticism as opposed to Lundstrom. But he also has a knack of getting big goals, uh, third man runs sort of popping up at the end of a cross that's sort of just on the edge of the D and putting it in. So I'd probably play Davis, Arfield, and then one of Ariba or Haji as the sort of more, most advanced in the three. 
depending on who plays on the right as well. You could go with Scott Wright and sort of do the blistering pace sort of thing on both sides, or you could do the unsymmetrical nature of playing one of Hajji or Rebo and have them sort of deeper as a link man. But I wouldn't even be, it might be a bit too extreme, but I wouldn't be too opposed to the idea of it being Davis and then a Rebo and Hadji to the next one in midfield and then go all out and then have, whether it be right, perhaps Sakala, depending on his fitness, I think he's free to play on that on the right just off Morelos but I think it's a sort of game in which we haven't been in this position for 10 years and it's the worst thing to come from is in a defeat but it's a regret yeah that's fair absolutely spot on with well, that, I wish I you hadn't I wish you hadn't said about uh, vulnerable crossbows because that's what I said in my preview and then we got beat <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah mm. um not too sure how to end it because we ended last week's preview whether we could do it against Malmo and I don't I know sorry against Dundee and Malmo I think and that went wrong with the Dundee game so I'm not going to ask for predictions just because I don't want to start something here um we're all cursed you mean <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. I know yeah. I'm cursed uh, I knew that I just don't want to hand it on that'd be that'd be disappointing for me to do um but sum up your feelings ahead of ahead of tomorrow's game in three words if you can Dave, I'll go with you first. Uh, Sum it up in one if you want. I'll take one. I, I would actually say reasonably relaxed. Yeah. 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 I think I think there's enough there that I would say I'm relaxed. I hope that doesn't come back to bite me in the arse. So. <laughs> yeah. Quietly confident would be another two words yeah. we could use, maybe. Yeah. yeah. We could combine them together and have four. Um, I- anyway. Yeah, we'll go for four. Dave? You can have Dave, Dylan. You can have one, two, or three words to describe how you're feeling ahead of tomorrow's game. Uh, you can have a full sentence if you want. <laughs> uh, I would say that I'm quite confident with you know the built with a built eye box that we can do it. Um, but then against what blue team and they proved to us that they could bounce back from setbacks this week. Yeah, fingers crossed. Parag, I'll leave you the final word of this last week. God, I hope this doesn't repeat itself. But um, nonetheless, Patrick, try not to uh, try not to curse us all. But I'll give you the final word again. Mate. Try and break that curse. Let's go for it. What's how? What's your feelings ahead of the game? No, it, it would just be um, the one where we'd be excited. And that is half of what's going to happen on the pitch, but also be the first time back at Ibrox. For me, personally, in two years, and for everyone else uh, in 18 months. So regardless of before kickoff, everyone will be sort of glad to get back to the habitual sort of their pre-match routines of whether going getting food or drink somewhere and then uh, doing the uh, lauded walk to Ibrox. So regardless of what happens on the pitch, it'll be a night to remember for most I pretend I pretend I go for a five course meal in the bottle of Moe beforehand, but that's absolutely <laughs> not true. Um, but I'll let the viewers think that is truth. But um, thanks so much for joining us. Um, thanks for listening to me for the second time in a week. Obviously, I hope you've enjoyed um, my sort of tones and, and, and the way we've all summed up together. I would say get behind them tomorrow, but I don't need to say that. That would be a stupid thing to say. You'll do that nonetheless. But let's hope that next time I'm on the pitch, on the pitch, on the pod, um, there's certainly, I hope I'm not on the pitch, um, there's certainly no curse or anything like that included. We're all quietly confident, I think. And um, enjoy your day. Best thing, we've been away and apart from each other for far too long. So most importantly, no matter what, just enjoy being back inside Ibrox in a full capacity crowd in the Champions League, back where we should be. We've been this is Ibrox. I've been Graham. Dave's been Dave. Dylan has been Dylan, and Patrick has been Patrick. Thank you very much. Hey!